When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a happy new year. This is your main event. Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Radio Network and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me as always is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the main event collector. He is the big Van Vader to my Harley race. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Is it time? Is it Greg time? Good Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. Damn straight it is. It's time for the main event. Well, not yet, but time for the podcast. Man, we are officially kicking off December with, well, the show is classic. I'm not going to say it was a great show top to bottom. I like to think our show's classic. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but the pay-per-view at hand that we're talking about today, Starcade 1993, has some very classic moments in it. There's one thing in particular that uh, AEW, I don't know if you want to say paid homage to, ripped off. I don't know. How, do you, how would you phrase it? What are we talking about? Uh, one particular thing that Cody did that was on this uh, pay-per-view. You know what I'm talking about? Not on the top of my head. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, I'll refresh your memory when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, to be fair, if it's Cody, he's just being a freaking WCW mark. <laughs> right. Well, according to Eric Bischoff, uh, a lot of this creative was brought about by Dusty Rhodes. So, you know, you know what yeah, that well, means. Yeah, well, then Cody is lazy then. He's just copying <laughs> his dad. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what that means. Dusty did it, so he's got to do it now. I bet Which you came like, up with the idea in a cold sweat. I woke up in a cold sweat, Daddy. Uh, and, and, and it's going to be Ric Flair putting his career on the line against Big Van Vader and his world title, baby. And <laughs> I like how he starts the year with a loser leaves town, ends the year with a career on the line match. <laughs> how many times has Ric Flair's <laughs> career been on the freaking line, by the way? I don't know, but keep in mind, this is 1993, right? Yeah. So this is before that was a cool thing to do, and I use that term loosely. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the, the spot was originally going to go to Thid, but, you know, that's for somebody else, baby. We're going to leave you right where you at. Yeah, we decided to cut that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But on... Yeah, screw it. Leave that in. 
Yeah, you know what? Both Some guys, are, both guys are alive and well, so it's all good. Oh my gosh! Well, we might as well get into it. Yeah, we got a lot of news and notes to cover. The main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at fanatics.com. The link is down in the podcast description. This is the perfect time of year to get all of your favorite sports apparel, whether it be for you or someone else this holiday season. And when you check out, just let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Radio Network sent you. Also, we're sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. Again, it's a perfect time of year to give the gift of health and energy for either yourself or a loved one this holiday season. You can also give the gift to yourself or someone else of retro wrestling. If you go to maineventmarks.redbubble.com or bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks, you can get all of our officially licensed gear with all of the newest logos on it, whether it be for uh, podcast logos or things we've said on the podcast funny phrases we've made into shirts and and uh, other things on Redbubble you can get mouse pads and, and and phone cases and clocks and coasters and stickers on Bonfire you can get uh, t-shirts and hoodies and and long sleeve shirts and baseball tees and whatever so uh, lots of great apparel on both of those websites. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. You can also make sure that you follow us on all forms of social media. On Twitter, it's at main event underscore marks and Instagram is at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. You can keep up with the main event marks on all of our locations. If you go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks, that is our Linktree account, and that will have all of our social media and podcast links right there. You can talk with Greg on social media from there. You can talk with all of us on social media from there, and you can see all of our biggest podcast links and our YouTube links and our Bonfire and Redbubble links. Right there, very simple, linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Well, now that we're done with all that, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to dive into the news and notes from December of 1993, right after this. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com. 
Marks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Just one final reminder before we get into the news and notes to go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. There you will see all of our social media links. You will see our podcast links. You will see our Redbubble and Bonfire links to get all of our merchandise. You can see it all on linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. I think it's time to dive into the news and notes for this one. First thing I got on hand here, pay-per-view has fallen 25% across the board for both the WWF and WCW even as they add more and more shows and try to continue the Golden Goose. the Both groups are continuing to add shows until we reach critical mass and people just start picking and choosing. Ah, I mean, that is what happened eventually. Not many people, except for like the real dedicated ones with you know a decent amount of disposable income, really ordered all pay-per-views across a year. So. Uh, unless you have a friend, oh, I mean, you don't have to order anything. You've got a friend that you know, yeah, with various ways, but with ye old scrambler box, yeah, but or you know, whatever. I didn't have it, so I'll tell you that. Yeah, you I didn't have all my life to that. I did not own one. <laughs> my dad uh, kept talking about those, and I was like, "Why don't you buy one?" Because like you could buy one, like it's not like a black market thing or whatever. And he was like, "Eh, I just," he's like, "I, I don't know." And he never really gave a good good answer for it. I'm like, whatever. Like, uh, it's like quote unquote illegal fireworks in Chinatown. You know where to go. Yeah, right. Like, you could get them well enough. I mean, it's not like today though, where like you can order anything you want online. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Eric Bischoff talked about this when he took over. Uh, eventually, we're going to see house shows start to drop off. He said he discontinued house shows because he said. First thing he noticed, he's like, every time we went out the door, we were losing money. So cut the house shows. They weren't making any money. We were losing money. But what we were gaining money on were pay-per-views. So I just made more pay-per-views. I mean, as a business strategy, that sounds pretty sound. It's kind of like uh, like with WWE now. You know, people can complain all they want that, well, you know, three hours of Raw is too much. Oh, sure. I mean, there, there's definitely an argument to be made for that, but they're making a lot more money by putting that third hour of Raw on. I mean, when if Nick they can Khan, keep performing like they did this past week, um, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> well, Nick Khan uh, actually came out. He said if it was possible, they would like to add a fourth hour. He said that would be too much programming, and he understands, you know, that why they should never do that. However, it would make them a lot more money to have a fourth hour of Raw. I, I might imagine advertisers would be afraid of it, though, because, like, if they're going to be part of that fourth hour, no one's going to be watching. Yeah. 
I mean, there is a huge thing to be, I mean, three hours of Raw, followed by two hours of NXT and two hours of SmackDown and everything. I mean, there is a bit of burnout. Luckily, there's three different, completely different rosters across all three shows. But there's something to be said for, you know, burnout on, on one single show, especially if it's not excellent three hours. But SmackDown is the most perfect one. Two hours. It's really good. So yeah, that's, they should that's all why I like, yeah, that's why I like that. You know, like, uh, I, I don't think any wrestling show, like weekly wrestling show, uh, should go over two hours, but that, that I've always felt that was like the sweet spot is two hours. But uh, I don't really necessarily agree with the one hour rampage either. Nah. It just, it seems like there's, I don't know, not enough time. It feels rushed. Right. Uh, I think sorry. rush hour, or uh, rush hour, gosh, I don't know why I said that. Rampage. Well, it kind of is a rush hour. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think rampage is just supposed to be, you know, whatever we couldn't fit on a dynamite is going on rampage. So, I mean, it's worked so far. I mean, when I went to see AEW in Cincinnati, the better matches that week were actually on Rampage. It was uh, a better wrestling show, top to bottom. Not as much storyline, though. Uh, in Japan, they're selling tickets hand over fist in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Nobody cares about moment. Japanese wrestlers, bro. Wow. Why are we talking about this? Uh, however, even New Japan is showing signs of burnout. FMW is still strong, aside from the regrettable time that Onita literally jumped into a polluted river with open wounds and was out for months as a result. Oh, what could go wrong there? Yeah. Uh, as contributing... Was that a dare or what? No, I think if I... If this is what I'm thinking of, and you might have seen clips on it er, of it on the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode, where they literally had like a floating ring in the middle of, the, of like a river or lake or whatever... I don't know if you remember that, uh, but it was it was like a okay it was like a battle royal where the way to lose is to throw your opponent out of the ring and into the to the freaking oh, lake. It sounds lovely, right? Also contributing to the rise of uh, the uh, shoot or is the uh, shoot groups in, like uh, UWFI and uh, Pancrase. In fact. Uh, Nobuhiko Takata is pretty much the biggest draw in the world, resulting in 46,000 people watching his match with Vader, despite no TV. I've never heard of this dude. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of him. I've never seen him wrestle or fight. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't really comment. I I know Pencrase was where uh, uh, Shamrock was originally. I think Boss Rutten wrestled yep. there for a while. I think Boss Rutten was the king of Pencrase at one point. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I want to say I've seen videos of him. But, yeah, the, uh, I don't know, I've, I've never seen UWFI, I've heard of it. I think that was the one that when they, that that was the one that, in quote-unquote, invaded New Japan, but really New Japan bought them out, and that was what Uncle Dave was saying. It's like, well, obviously, you know, the NWO is a ripoff of the storyline from Japan, where UWFI showed up in New Japan, and, and you know, Clearly, Eric Bischoff ripped them off. Yeah. You know, I remember he, saying that. Yeah, because he, he knows, Greg. <sighs> Hashtag plans changed. Those are all probably five-star matches, too. Oh, well, yeah. A mutual friend of ours, you know, sent me a message, sent me a few messages today. He's like, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels doesn't have any five-star matches on his record, according to Uncle Dave. Not one. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page was five and a half stars. 
Um, I had to listen to Cornish reviews, and I heard him. He kind of made sense of something he said. He said, "You know, you gotta know, have that quarter star or half a star or whatever it was to come just above the box." You know, <laughs> he's a yeah. world champion, so he's got to have a little more than the box. Yeah, um, right. That's good lord. It's just so stupid. And and he was looking at. He's like, you know, Kurt Angle doesn't have any five star matches according to Uncle Dave either. And Shawn like, Michaels and Kurt Angle wrestle each other. Yeah. Sometimes. And all Shawn the times I would say with five stars. Yeah, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, and and uh, both of us were in, in agreement that we said the greatest match ever wrestled was, uh, in in our opinion, was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I'm sure he's not, not biased. Yeah, right. Uh, not five stars, according to Uncle Dave. It was close, though, wasn't it? It was like four and three quarters. Something like that. It's like, yeah. How is that not, you know, that question, it's like, if if you had to show one match to a non-wrestling fan, what would it be? And I, I always say that match. I would say so. that or Molina and Alicia Fox. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that drags in the casuals, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. I couldn't help it. Well, from Japan to Mexico, in Mexico, EML. That's a hell of a trip. Uh, EMLL, which is now CMLL, uh, had an up and down year and actually got canceled off Televisa effective immediately, leaving them without a TV outlet. They're still around and doing fine, so obviously they got their TV back. Uh, AAA, on the other hand, hit historic highs at the beginning of the year, but then toppled to historic lows when Conan, quote, retired. But then Conan returned and suddenly they were doing huge numbers again. Let's tell you something about Conan, man. <laughs> retired. Yeah. This is 1993. He has, in my opinion, for my fandom, hasn't even peaked yet. <laughs> yep. I know. Like, uh, okay. <sighs> but back to the WWF here. Uh, Medusa debuted for the WWF as Alundra Blaze and won the WWF women's title in a, quote, tournament, bro, final over Heidi Lee Morgan. Clearly Captain Morgan's sister. No? Yeah, I think, I think she was a heavy drinker, too. Yeah, <sighs> man. Do you, uh, I, do you remember uh, seeing Alundra Blaze pop up for the first time? I remember watching her. I don't remember seeing her for the first time. But no. yeah, didn't we? I don't know. I mean, she was the only woman that really mattered in WWF for quite a while, and then she just seemed like she just faced Bertha Faye every freaking night. Yep. Or Bonacano. Yep. Name of the two. Uh, meanwhile, another newcomer is Sparky Plug, who is Bob Holly from Pensacola. And, Hell yes. And he actually quit wrestling two years ago. Well, he quit wrestling to go be a a uh, car driver or car racer or whatever. And uh, I, I guess he got disqualified for literally beating the crap out of somebody on the track. Is that Balls Mahoney's gimmick for getting thrown out of wrestling or like amateur wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he can't even go. At, at, if his nephew was wrestling, he couldn't go attend the the match because he's been thrown out of all amateur wrestling events. <laughs> like, shut up, Joey! <laughs> so stupid. Well, you know, Bob Holly, Sparky Plug, there. He's he's so dangerous. You know, if uh, he he can't even go attend a NASCAR race, you know, because uh, they'll, they'll throw him out of Talladega. Like, oh, please, are, are you Bob Holly? Like, you got to get out of here, man. Otherwise, this whole thing's going to suck. Good Lord. That was a nice <laughs> sign, though. 
Yep, got it in there. Uh, Ted Turner addressed his wrestling company for the first time ever on December oh, 16th. Uh, Ted Turner, he's addressing his wrestling company. You need to get that right. Oh, excuse me, yeah. Hey, Vince, I'm in the wrestling business. Oh, we're in the entertainment business, pal. God dang it. Hey, uh, make all, fun all you want, but who won that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, although it was yeah. basically just a pep rally with him talking about cross-promotion being the wave of the future. Also, he vowed wow. that... Wow! I'm starting to see a pattern here. I didn't even think about that. Go on. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Am uh, I wrong? Yeah. Well, no. also, he, also, he vowed that as long as he was around, the company would never go out of business. <laughs> yeah, about that. Wow. He couldn't even keep himself in power in his own company. So, yeah. You've got mail. Wow. He, uh... Yeah, See, I for those who don't know, AOL basically ran him out. Yep, AOL I Time Warner. Need, I don't know why I needed to explain that, but... Yep, the AOL Time Warner merger, and he merged with Turner, and yeah. Uh, apparently, he said something about... He said something along the lines of he was like, hey, even you know, it doesn't matter that you're losing money. I, I, I lose more money on the Hawks and the Braves than I do on, on wrestling, <laughs> so... That can't be true because right then and there, the Braves are really good. We're making the at least the annual championship every year. Yeah. I doubt he's losing money on them. Yeah. Now like, the Hawks, yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're uh, terrible. Not now. They're really good now. They got an amazing player now, but yeah. Yeah. And with, and with uh, the Hawks, or not the Hawks, the, uh, the Braves being on the Superstation, like there were a lot of fans of them out there that were probably buying merch and everything else. Like, how the hell are you losing money? every year on them. That doesn't make any sense. No, they're probably overpaying Glavin, Avery, and Smoltz. And Chipper Jones. Uh, Chipper Jones. And didn't they have John Rocker for a minute, too? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess you could be losing money if that's what it is. Well, and also during this interview, you know, because the steroid trial's going on, he was asked about, you know, uh, WCW wrestlers doing steroids, and he said something along the lines of, if you want to get bigger, buy a Jane Fonda workout tape. Jane Fonda was like 100 pounds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, what? Like, oh, I know he's God. married to her and he's just pimping for his wife, but like, good Lord. Bobby Heenan is basically confirmed to be coming to WCW next month, and that should spell the end of Jesse Ventura's contract. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> According to Eric Bischoff, a couple things about this. He fired Jesse Ventura because he said, I, I don't think he came right out and said he was on something, but he did find him passed out in a locker, like a dark locker room somewhere. And there were other, you know, signs of, uh, you know, abuse of something or other. So well, he fired That part's him, uh, pretty sad. Yeah, it it, it is. Uh, but, you know, there's that part about it. it. But about the Bobby deal, he did say, if not for Mean Gene being there already, he doesn't think Bobby would have came in. Yeah, it all worked out, I think. Yeah. And another thing, I think uh, Bruce Pritchard shed some light on this where he said Bobby wanted health insurance and, like, benefits and stuff like that. And the only way to do that is to be a company employee and not a talent. And like on-air announcers and whatever were considered office and, and employees of Turner. So he came in under the, you know, under the deal that 
he would be an employee and have all the benefits. So, whereas Vince didn't want to hire him in as an employee of uh, Titan, so he couldn't get benefits over there. That one kind of shocks me, but I don't know. What the f are you doing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we just talked about Brian Pillman a couple weeks ago too. <laughs> Uh, Sid Vicious was brought into the WCW offices and told, quote, hey, we're, we'd love to bring you back as soon as possible, but it's the other wrestlers who just don't want you around, big guy. Ow. Yeah. I don't know about that. Something tells well, me, something tells well, me he's, he's going to end up on the cutting room floor here very soon. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, you want to. Got another one in. No, but yeah. This isn't recorded. We're live now. <laughs> wow. If people don't know, the original I'll plan... I'll tell you what, I have half the brain you do. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, if, if, people don't rem- if people don't know, the original plan for the main event of Starcade of 90, Starcade 93 was Vader versus Sid. And Sid got fired after, uh, well, him and Arn Anderson ended up stabbing the crap out of each other over in... Wasn't it over in Europe? Uh, Europe yeah, Britain, I think. England. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And the reason uh, Sid got fired and Arn didn't was because they originally got into a fight in the like the bar of the hotel and they went to their rooms and then Sid was the aggressor going back to Arn's room and trying to start the fight again. And apparently he had a didn't they say he had like he, like, he broke the, the leg off of a chair and was going to be yeah. with it? Sharpened or something. Yeah. yeah. And then Arn opened the door with scissors of all things and freaking stabbed his ass. So, yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of funny though. It's 1993, right? Yeah. Three years later, Vader would get bumped from December pay per view, and Sid would be the guy. Right. Kind of interesting. At at its time. Ah, yeah, that's true. Well, and you know, we would see this match later in the WWF, and it sucked. <laughs> I, it could have been a lot worse, in my opinion, though. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean that's like it's like saying hey, I wouldn't say it sucked. I, I, I would say it was bad. There was a difference. Yeah. Well, I mean that's like saying, look, I could like be shot in both feet. <laughs> uh, but somebody else that was released around this time. We got to talk about the update on Davy Boy Smith is that he was buried on TV after getting fired last week. This is because he thought that he was free to work indie shows when not booked for WCW. According to the deal that he signed with Bill Watts, he also had a previous deal with All Japan Pro Wrestling when he signed with Watts. Uh, thought that he was fine, that that was fine as well. Uh, on top of that, Watts allegedly promised Davey more money for working European tours and drawing money there. So Smith went on to, to a Japan tour and Eric Bischoff just paid him his normal amount. And as a result, Davey decided to sit out the next house show tour. Eric Bischoff added a little bit more clarity to this, as did Conrad uh, on Conrad Thompson on on their podcast. Uh, I guess he he didn't get paid extra for the European tour, and he thought he was supposed to get paid extra for the European tour because of a deal he supposedly had with Bill Watts, a deal of which there was no record of, by the way. So, you know, that's a good way to do a deal. Doesn't sound shady. Yeah, right. And so he got angry and just sat sat out the next house show tour. And then he went to Japan on top of that, or tried to go to Japan, I guess. But that's that's where I'll pick the story up. 
Uh, but Smith went to Japan, uh, went to the Japan tour, uh, blah, blah, blah. But WCW's head office claimed that they didn't actually have Davey's number to call him and work things out. So Davey just quit. WCW then turned this into a firing for missing a TV taping and buried him on TV and then again on Mean Gene's hotline. The topper to all this is that Smith had asked to be able to work the All Japan, or for All Japan and got the runaround from the usual people in WCW's front office because they had, quote, big plans for him at Battle Bowl that couldn't possibly be changed. So All Japan lost interest and didn't ask Smith back again. Meanwhile, WCW advertised the Nasty Boys for the pay-per-view and all the house shows following and then just let them go work Japan anyways and no-show all those dates. Yeah, <sighs> the Nasty Boys. Yeah, hey, we didn't get Davey Boy Smith, so, you know, we'll we'll bring in the Nasty Boys to make good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of that, man. That's a hell of a trade-off, dude. Yeah, right. I, hey, we didn't get we didn't get the British Bulldog, but we got knobs and sags. Okay. What if you think? Dude. Well, if you think about it, he was supposed to face Rick Rude for the International World Title, which you know is super redundant. But there we go. Uh, he was supposed yeah, to be in that's that. That's the problem with it. Yeah, but that means that both world title matches on the show were changed at the last minute after the the main challenger was fired. And neither one of them was the hockey talk, man. Yeah, right. Hey, Eric Bischoff would pay him just so he could fire him every single day. (laughs) Always remember that. Give me that gig. Yeah, right. Just uh, get your fat hillbilly ass out of here. You're fired. I wonder if he's going to take out his false teeth and crack his knuckles. <laughs> you ever hear that rumor? I did. <sighs> Good Lord. I'm talking about, for everybody listening, I'm talking about Bischoff, by the way. That was a rumor. I can't remember. I can't remember who said that, you know, in their book that he tried to intimidate people like that by taking out his false teeth and cracking his knuckles and whatever. And Bischoff was like, um... By the time that that guy is referring to, I didn't have false teeth. I had a replacement tooth put in. And on top of that, he's like, who the hell am I going to intimidate with these guys like twice my size? Is he a karate champion or something like that? He is, but he he hadn't he hadn't like fought in forever. So he was like, well, I can hold my own in a fight, but like I'm not going to beat these guys up. Plus, you know, it's like I don't think I don't think Turner would have his back if he's beating up the talent during negotiations. <laughs> Come on, I can fight. Where are you at, Big Show? Yeah. He's like, hey. And he's just like giving him a noogie, and he's like, what did we agree upon? Like, I said $10,000 signing bonus. Anyway, final story we got here. In a very WCW screw-up, a pay-per-view ad ran on That's multi- WCW. Yeah, LOL WCW. Uh, a pay-per-view ad ran in multi-channel news advertising the next show with the main event of Ric Flair defending the WCW World's Heavyweight title against Vader in a cage match. So anyone in the pay-per-view business knew the result of Starcade going in. Just to rub it in, the New York Daily News covered the story before Starcade, suggesting that anyone who knows a bookie should put some money on Flair because they make out pretty well. Oh, man. How does that happen? And Bischoff said that they were they constantly got pressure from pay-per-view companies that it's like, oh, we need your we need your advertisements like way in advance. But at the same time, he's like something like that. They should have been told that 
don't, you know, not to air this until a certain date. So he's like, it was just a screw up all the way around. It could have been on the pay-per-view company. It could have been on, uh, the, the people in advertising at WCW could have been both either way. Everybody's an idiot, but all right, man, uh, that about does it for the news and notes. I think we're going to take our next break. You ready to get in Starcade? I think so. Okay. Well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, it's Starcade 93, right after this. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. This is WCW Starcade 1993, the 10th anniversary. Uh, the date is December 27th, 1993. So two days after Christmas, the tagline, Vader's belt, player's career, it's all on the line. The venue championship, pal. God dang it! That that tagline would never fly in, in WWE nowadays. Uh, the venue was the Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. The attendance was eighty-two hundred people. Pay-per-view buy rate was point fifty-five, which amounted to one hundred fifteen thousand buys. I always get it. I like. I never remember when you told me you. Uh, you said you had a family friend that always ordered the WCW pay-per-views, right? Right. Did the, did they order this one, and were you able to watch it? I did, and we saw it. And yeah, we'll say they ordered it. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So, I mean, as a kid, were you into this stuff? Oh, yeah, I watched it all. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you you were like, eh, it's wrestling, so I'll watch it. But it's not the, you know, like, because WWF had, like, the, you know, the bigger-than-life, like, kind of cartoonish characters and stuff uh, around this time, so. But anyway, 
Uh, we start the show with pictures of uh, pictures and video clips of Ric Flair's entire life growing up and wrestling and all that. And then we cut to videos of Vader roaring and just destroying people with power bombs and such. But after that, we uh, go into the arena with Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. And we're showing footage from earlier in the day where Vader and Harley Race pull up to the arena. And Harley tells Vader to stay focused. And we then get footage of Vader training in the ring of the empty arena. We now switch to footage of Ric Flair leaving his home, hugging the future Charlotte and Reed Flair goodbye. David is just there. I cried. (laughs) I cried, bro. And, uh, yeah, Charlotte would have been seven here. So, think about that. Yeah. Because I I sent a picture to a a friend. I don't want to think about that. It makes me creepy now. (laughs) Yeah, because I sent a picture to uh, a friend of ours. I was like, hey, it's a young Charlotte. He was like, wow, super young. It's like, yeah, back in 93, she was like seven. I like how David's just kind of there, like, just staring, staring on, like, yeah, this is happening. I have to be here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's about as charismatic as he was when he actually wrestled. So, you know, there's that. Dude, too we... much. <laughs> oh, come on. But, uh, yeah, so Flair kisses Beth goodbye, his uh, his wife at the time. And uh, I guess that's Conrad Thompson's mother-in-law. And uh, then he takes off with Mean Gene Oakland. They, uh, they get into the back of the limousine and uh, mean Gene says that he's worried, and uh, Rick Rick says his family is worried, but, you know, he knew what he was signing up for. Gene then puts over how dangerous Vader is after the two men get in the limo and they take off. This is what I was talking about, by the way. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I can't remember what the lead-up to what match it was for Cody, but he did this with Tony Schiavone, where he gets off the plane he hugs Dustin goodbye. He gets in the limousine and they uh, with Tony Schiavone, and they drive to the li- uh, to the arena together. You remember that? I don't. It might have been when he was facing MJF. I could be wrong on that, but somebody out there correct me. But that was the thing, and they kept pointing out. They're like, "Oh, that's the homage to the uh, you know Starcade '93." I was like, "Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that." I will say this was this was a pretty cool thing, and there's there's more to it that we'll get into here in a bit. We now switch to uh, back to the arena before the match starts. Alexander Bag uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Colt Scorpio come out with Teddy Long, and Teddy accepts an award for Manager of the Year, voted on by fans through the WCW Hotline. Who the hell voted for Teddy Long as Manager of the Year? I don't know, but I was all thinking, how how low is his field? I know. I well, looking around, it's like there's him, Missy Hyatt, and isn't that it? Ninety three. I don't remember. Uh, oh, Gary Hart. Race. Is Gary Hart there? Harley Race. Yeah. Mm, no, <laughs> I think I think Gary's gone. Uh, Harley Race is. Paulie Dangerously. Call. I think Paulie's. Yeah, Paulie's gone. I think he's in GCW maybe at this time. Uh, maybe. Oh, crap. There was another one. of the, Oh, Colonel Robert Parker. Um, oh, yeah. Sherry Martell? I think she's there. Yeah. Okay, so there's a list. Okay. Yeah. But, no, Teddy Long, man. Play it. <laughs> wow. Uh, but this opening contest is Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio with Teddy Long in the corner. 
taking on Pretty Wonderful, uh, Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff with The Assassin in their corner. This one went 11 minutes, 45 seconds. Seeing Bagwell dance with Scorpio is hilarious, uh, I'm going to say. Hell yes. This, uh, this one gets a jump start. The assassin gets on the apron and gets punched at one point. He then slides something into the forehead of his mask, and he headbutts Scorpio with it. Uh, behind the referee's back, obviously. Paul Orndorff then pins Scorpio for the win. The loaded headbutt! Uncle Dave then said, er, said <laughs> about this match, quote, total disappointment. Uh, he gave us a star and three quarters. I gave it two stars, slightly below average, you can say you. No, I barely gave it one. Wow, really? You hated it that bad? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the assassin, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, is Jody Hamilton, and he is, uh, Nick Patrick's father. Famous heel referee. Mother uh, we now go back to Mean Gene Oakland and Ric Flair in the limo on the way to the arena. Flair's tie is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Anybody, now that I said that, go back and look. Holy crap. Smart Mark like... Sterling would be ashamed. <laughs> Keep in mind, Ric Flair's his hero. He looks like he took Magnum P.I.'s shirt that he wears, like one of the shirts he wears in every episode of Magnum P.I., and he made it into a tie. <sighs> anyway. They've got a police escort, clearly, because you can see the flashing lights in the back window the whole time. The two men are having a conversation about the reality of the situation. Blair then says that he doesn't want to even think about losing, and he says that Mean Gene is one of his best friends. This is one of the best segments I've ever seen in wrestling, because it's real. Like, I honestly really love this. Uh, Blair says somebody asked him, if you're gone, who's going to go woo? <laughs> Uh, and he told him that no one else is going to go woo, and he ain't going anywhere. I mean, no one else will go woo until Charlotte debuts, so there's that. This next match... Who are we Not for that reason. Wow. This next match is, uh, I mean, clearly the best one of the night, man. I mean, we're, we're peaking early, I'll say. I, I smell sarcasm. It is Awesome Kong... With King Kong in his corner, he's taking on the Shockmaster. This one went about a minute and a half. <sighs> <laughs> I forgot about this book, the Shark Shockmaster. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Turner had the rights to the King Kong films. Uh, also, this is obviously not the Awesome Kong we all know. This is some fat white guy in a, in a mask and a black singlet. So, just put that know who that was? No, I don't. Let's see. I, I didn't even look it up. So, our, our crack research that we've done here uh, has indicated, you know, it it is uh, confirmed my suspicions that uh, these guys are nobodies. They, <laughs> they, they did this and nothing. So, yeah, like I said, just some fat white guys in masks and singlets. So, that. Uh, both of the Kongs are dressed alike, as I mentioned. The Shockmaster is dressed like a construction worker with a curly-ass mullet. <sighs> I didn't understand that. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, are you working on power lines, so you're the Shockmaster? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of it. There's no sense The Shockmaster! And again, really... well, what did his original outfit have to do with Shockmaster, too? He's wearing a 
He's wearing a... Well, I don't know. It looked like he took a Stormtrooper helmet, dipped it in glue, and then, like, threw glitter all over it. And then he was wearing, like, a fuzzy uh, vest and jeans. So, I don't know. A theme he had, too. I don't remember that one. Just some some stupid guitar playing. Wow. Like, a, nice. not a banjo, but, like, banjo style. <laughs> wow. Just the whitest thing you can go. You don't say. Uncle Fred. That's <laughs> Uncle Fred. He looks to have dropped quite a few LBs at this point, by the way. He did, yeah. So, uh, the Kongs jump in before the match starts, double-teaming him. Uh, commentary doesn't know that the match has even started, because they're like, has the bell rang? Is Did it you want to know? <laughs> I want to know when, I was going to say, I want to know when it's over. Uh, the sooner you get it started, the sooner you can end it. Uh, but, uh, they don't even know which Kong is in the ring, by the way, because it's supposed to be Awesome Kong, that's who was announced to be in the match, but, the guy who stays in the ring is tight state King Kong. So, yeah. It's one of the fat white guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> in the end, Shockmaster hits a body slam for a pinfall win. Yay. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this a dud. Let's see you. One. But yeah. I think that a lot of laughs looking at him and be like, oh yeah. yeah this, was a, this was a thing. I forgot about it. <laughs> Yeah, good grief. But uh, commentary tells us that later tonight, Rick Rude will defend the WCW International World Heavyweight title, but it won't be against the British Bulldog, like originally advertised. It will most likely be the boss, who is in the building. <sighs> the boss. We'll get to that something. Yeah. Uh, we then see uh, the police escort... And Ric Flair, or for Ric Flair. Not stinging the police. <laughs> Say what? Said the policeman. Not stinging the police. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that would have been perfect. If Sting had a police escort, oh, man. Well, you know, every, every move he makes, they'll be watching. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was lame. <laughs> uh, the limo I started it to be funny. The limo pulls into the parking lot, and uh, Flair and Mean Gene walk to the building together. And then end up going their separate ways. Alright, up next, we have Lord Stephen Regal with Sir William in his corner. He's defending the WCW World Television title against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in 15 minutes. I like how Ricky, man. I like how Ricky just, like, kept the gear that he was given in WWF. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna keep using it. Didn't he still keep breathing fire for a while in WCW, too? Yeah, for a minute. Yeah, and then he was like, you know what? I'm tired of having the taste of kerosene in my mouth before every match. So, <laughs> Whoops. But the crowd absolutely blows for Steamboat, by the way. He must have came out of a, like, a dragon-scale box. In the end, Ricky Steamboat misses a crossbody off the top and hits a German suplex just as the time limit expires, leading to a draw, therefore keeping the title on Regal. Uncle Dave, gave, Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was an average wrestled match, but the ending did suck. What say you? I gave it two for that reason. Wow, it fell flat. Yeah. It was, it was 
fun. I mean, it's yeah, it, was a, it was a fine match. These two have had much better matches against, you know, other people, but I expected this one to be awesome. And then I was just like, eh, it's okay. Not great. Not blowing the doors off anything, but, you know, whatever. It's fine. But speaking of blowing the doors off, man, up next, it's Tex Slazenger and Shanghai Pierce. Woo! Hell yes. They are taking off. If you team. don't know who that is, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> uh, they are the future Godwins. Shanghai Pierce is in a mask. That is Henry O. Godwin. And Tex Slazenger is the future Phineas I. Godwin. And Midian... Hey. And naked media. So, Should I bring that back? No. God, no. Oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> Just think, in, 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 in a short six to seven years, man, he's going to be naked. So, you know, goes from selling out Starcade, because, you know, they clearly paid to see him. Naked. <laughs> to, you know, streaking through arenas. Well, it, it, everything's coming up next last year. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they're taking on the team of Cactus Jack and Max Payne again. Woo! Jump, take my money. Take money, man. Hell yeah, it is. This one went just shy of eight minutes. Mother of God. Way too long. <laughs> Don't say. <laughs> uh, Jesse Ventura keeps going on about the Hooters in the front row. Uh, and he says that Charlotte, North Carolina, is the Hooter capital of the world. Look, yeah. he, was get, he was getting pervy. I'm not saying he wasn't, but I thought he was getting a lot more pervy than he was talking about some random girls in the front row. No, Hooters girls were in the front row of this. Like, yeah. I I did not know that until they showed them later. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I thought he was just talking about a, a girl with big jugs in the front row. So, all right, it's... Uh, slightly I was creepy. All, I was all ears. <laughs> like, get out of the way, Jesse. I want to see the Hooter girls. Ooh, it's like a, it's not like one of our listeners. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, in the end, Tex holds Cactus, but Cactus ducks and Pierce clotheslines Tex out of the ring. Uh, Cactus then hits Pierce with a double arm DDT for the win. Cactus Jack, I would say, was the MVP of this one. Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce are decent. Max Payne sucks. Uncle Dave said, quote, uneventful match aside from Jack nearly killing himself on a backdrop out of the ring. Uh, he gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two. Let's say you. I barely gave it two. It I was wasn't okay. completely out of it. It was, yeah, it was better than I thought it would be. I did not look at this and be like, ooh, this is going to be good. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, the bar was already on the floor, and you're like, right, well, you exceeded expectations. Good for you. <laughs> this one, if people don't know what I'm talking about with the backdrop, by the way, it was like a double-team move where Max Payne, like, backdropped Cactus over the top rope onto Tex and Pierce outside, and he barely got over the top rope. He looked like he was going to go head first onto the apron. I'm like, damn, bro. <sighs> Imagine killing yourself or crippling yourself for this. <laughs> Just imagine. The fact that the when well, we already talked about the title matches being changed around stuff early, I mean, already less people are watching it. Yeah. And you're right. doing this for what? 
I don't know. Uh, Bischoff said that it wasn't entirely his call, but he supported it about getting rid of McFoley eventually because he said, you know, he insisted on taking these big risks and putting himself in harm's way, like, you know, irrationally. And he, he insisted he was going to keep doing it. And I guess Turner, even like Turner came down, they were like, he cannot be doing this. It's a liability. So he's like, he's putting himself in danger. He's putting the fans in danger. Uh, make him stop or fire him. So he wouldn't stop until they fired him. And then he went to ECW and did a gimmick where he wore an airbrushed Eric Bischoff t-shirt. He seemed to be a thing. I didn't realize that. He did it with a referee shirt, too, remember? Well, what? He did it with a referee shirt, too. Remember he made his own referee shirt and just spray-painted oh. lines on the... Yeah, I remember that. That went I didn't with... think about that. Yeah, that definitely went along with the gimmick. Uh... I guess the one he wore in ECW was like, it was like a caricature of, of Eric Bischoff. It said something about like Uncle Eric on it or something, or I love Uncle Eric, something like that. It was like a shot or something. Well, the, his whole gimmick was like anti-ECW, pro-WCW. So it's like, they ended up repeating that years later when they did the one night stand. They even did the whole promo again. Like you remember where, uh, uh, Terry Funk is standing in the ring when he's walking away. He's like, your wife's a whore. He's like, your children are bastards. And then finally he's like, WWF sucks, or WWE sucks, whatever. And then finally he runs back into the ring and starts beating up Terry. <laughs> I do. Uh, they they did that same thing in uh, ECW, but, it, but he was like, uh, WCW sucks. And that's when he came back to the ring and they started fighting. I guess they figured only like a handful of people watched ECW back then, so why not repeat it? Anyway, uh, we now go to meet Gene Oakland on a stage in the crowd, pimping the WCW hotline before introducing NASCAR driver Kyle Petty. Looks like Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, nothing says regional Southern Wrestling Company like bringing in, out a NASCAR driver for comments <laughs> on matches. Oh, man. By the way, this is 1993. Kyle Petty looks like somebody pulled him straight out of 1973. Like, yeah, so what's changed? Yeah, he's got the the hair and the mustache straight out of '73. He's got the the tight jeans with his, his uh, straight button up shirt tucked in. Like, wow. Uh, but Petty says that his father Richard is just like Ric Flair, where he was the best and forced to retire. Follows up by saying that Rick as or Ric Flair is at the top of his game, so it would be a shame if he did have to retire tonight. Thanks for the input, Kyle. We now go to The Natural, Dustin Rhodes defending the WCW United States title against stunning Steve Austin with Colonel Robert Parker at his corner in a best two out of three falls match. This one went 15 minutes. Jesse Way Surfer. too long. You don't say. <laughs> when I see 15 minutes for Dustin Rhodes and Steve Austin, I was honestly like excited to watch this match. And then the bell rang. Well, I, I wasn't only because I remember that early Stunning Steve was not that good. So. Yeah. I don't know. He was like hit and miss at different things, at different times. His stuff with Steamboat was great, but, I mean, Steamboat. But, uh, yeah. This one, man. Jesse Ventura tries getting political on commentary during this one, talking about Rush Limbaugh. Like, yeah, Lord. that's political. Yeah, well, 
because he starts talking about the smoking. Oh, because uh, he was like, I wonder if Parker's ever going to like that smoking. And then he's talking about, <laughs> well, you know, smoking's good for us. You know, you, you, know, you, you ever listen to Rush Limbaugh? You know, the, the they're, they're trying to make the kids smoke now. And it's like Tony Schiavone's just blowing him off, like trying not even to get into it. Like, dude, why are you bringing up politics and Rush Limbaugh on the freaking WCW pay-per-view? <sighs> anyway, Tony Schiavone says, you're looking at two men who are going to dominate WCW in the next decade. I mean, they are big stars in the next decade, but not for this company. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first fall ends with Dustin being disqualified for throwing Steve over the top rope and into Colonel Robert Parker, who's standing <sighs> on the apron. So stupid. <laughs> That's my only note on uh, here. Oh, God, that crap. Yep. Uh, security takes Parker out, and Dustin throws Steve face-first into the ring post after the fall, busting him open. The lights go out at one point, and we get emergency spotlights hitting the ring. So, you know, wrestling. Uh, the second fall ends when Dustin... I thought Dustin... they were under attack or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the second fall ends when Dustin goes for a for the ten-corner punches, but Steve takes him down, and he pins him, hooking the tights for the win. Uncle Dave said that this is, quote, the only other good match on the card besides main event. He gives it two and three quarters of a star. I give it two and a half for Average. Let's see you. Two. It was okay. There be a, there is a better match like in a couple of months, I believe. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Dustin had some decent matches during this time. Like I said, Steve was hit and miss. I don't know. I don't know why this was such a miss, but it just felt like blah. And then, you know, Uncle Dave pointed this out, and Conrad Thompson backed him up on it. He was like, why is a title switching hands after one of the falls was in DQ? And I think even... Uh, there was a thing back on Saturday Night's Speed event back in the day where that was a thing. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. I think even... It was either Tony Schiavone... Or uh, Jesse Ventura, one of them on commentary, commented on that as well. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I assume because the second fall was a pinfall, so at least one of them was playing. I, I don't know. Well, the, the last fall in that one I'm talking about was a pinfall, too, but then Jesse mentioned, well, well, there was a DQ, so the title's not changed hands. Yeah. I guess it's where they conveniently forget to put, say that, beginning of the match. That happens. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's really weird. Eric Bischoff said he hated it. He said it was a stupid ending, but whatever. Maybe, I, I, I'm going to assume that this was one of Dusty's ways of protecting his boy, maybe. I don't know. But up next, we get another title match. It is Rick Rude defending the WCW International World Heavyweight title, which is the big gold belt, against the Boss in about nine minutes. Uh, the boss, for anybody that doesn't know, is Ray Trailer, the big boss man, Big Bubba, whatever you want to call him. The boss I think is this one of the last times he was the boss, by the way. Yeah, he's about to become the guardian angel, isn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. Probably very soon, in, in a couple of weeks. That went over like a lead balloon. But the boss man's theme sounds like Scott Steiner is about to come out. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the siren going that. off. Yeah, it's just like a siren, and then, like, after a little while, then the, the beat kicks in, and it's just like Steiner's thing. I never understood why Steiner had, like, a siren. That one never made sense to me, but whatever. 
Anyway, when Rude comes out, Ventura says, quote, this is the one, or this is the one that the Hooter girls have been waiting for. <laughs> uh, well, it was wrong. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. Even though they were like, boo, thumbs down. It's like, yeah, I'm sure you totally thought thumbs down. All right. In the end, Rude is draped across the middle rope and moves as the boss is going for that running, where, uh, like he sits on his neck when he's across the ropes. So the boss basically crotches himself. Rude then goes outside and hits a sunset flip on a pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. Not great, let's say you. No, I didn't enjoy it at all. Barely gave it two. Yeah, apparently the boss got the, they, they did explain that the boss is a replacement here because he did beat Rude on Saturday night when they knew that they weren't going to have Bulldog, so they did an about face and. Yeah, but they probably had that in the can for like six weeks. Yeah, I don't remember when they said, they did say that they had him beat Rude at one point, I think you're, you're probably right because, uh, they said he was going to get his match eventually, but after they found out they didn't have Bulldog, they're like, all right, well, that eventually is now. Oh, so eventually got moved up. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, Bulldog, that's for somebody else, baby. We're going to leave you right where you at. And boss, you're going to get the... B- Big Bubba going to get the nod, baby. <laughs> Go for Big Bubba right, right in there. Right, right in there. Where's Jim Cornette? We now get an advertisement for Super Brawl 6 coming up, uh, coming up on... Uh, uh, sorry, Super Brawl 4, coming up on, up. yeah, coming up on February 20th, 1994, the tagline, Double Thunder Cage Live. I don't remember this one. Do you have any memories of that event? I do. Did, did they do the Double Thunder Cage? Was it any good? I believe so, yeah. I think one open, one close. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like two Thunder Cages put together. Okay, that makes more sense. Up next, third title match in a row, we got the Nasty Boys, Jerry Sags and Brian Knobs with Missy Hyatt in the corner. They are defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Sting and Road Warrior Hawk. This one went about 29 minutes. God, this was way too long. 29 <laughs> minutes. Before you I even just, start, dude, I was starting to get bored during this, and I love Sting. Yeah, Sting, okay. Uh. Road Warrior Hawk, maybe, the Nasty Boys in a, a damn near half-hour-long match? What the F? You can throw Hawk's name in there, too, by the way. Yeah, well, that's what I say. It's like Hawk, maybe, but like... Nah, it doesn't make me, no. <laughs> you no. don't see Hawk in a, in a 30-minute match? No, nah, I'm good. Wow. Uh, the, the, the Road Warriors are not built for 30-minute matches, dude. And that's okay. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. It's like, you know, when right. you knock that, it's like knocking Goldbergs. Like, some guys are not made for 30 minute matches. And that's fine. We need that too. But right. this is raw. And yeah. I'm not, bored. <laughs> not every, not everybody can be a Ric Flair where, you know, or a, you know, a Bret Hart or a Shawn Michaels where you just go for like an hour. But Missy Hyatt is wearing a sheer pink dress with black lingerie under it and carrying a sex whip. You know, one of the bull whips that you get in, like, the sex shop or whatever. Uh, I feel like it took... Really, something you know. Well, I mean, like, what the hell else would it be? Is she just carrying a random bull whip around? Well, they're in the south, right? Yeah, but I'm going to assume Missy Hyatt was not using that to whip bulls. 
I mean, she is Missy Hyatt after all. I mean, I'm just going to let that lie. Move on. <laughs> uh, I feel like it took two effing years to get this thing started. Behind the referee's back outside the ring, Missy slaps the crap out of Hawk. If you believe the rumor and innuendo, uh, she just had an ugly breakup with Hawk, and this was her receipt. Uh, later in the match, when Oh, Sting did gets... Dave Meltzer say it? Maybe. But, you know, hashtag plans did not change. But later in the match, when Sting gets control, the Nasty Boys try to leave, but get caught by Hawk and Sting and brought back to the ring. Towards the end, Missy Hyatt gets on the apron and gets kissed against her will by Sting. I hope he got his tetanus shot. Uh, Thank God he's a God-loving man, because that could have killed him. Yeah, he had to, uh, I'm sure he had to pray, <laughs> pray away after that one. <laughs> well, but, we say we're going to leave it alone, and we went back to it. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey you know, we say we're not going to touch that third rail, but it's just so damn tempting. Sting and Hawk both hit the Doomsday device on Knobs, who lands straight on his effing neck. It looks scary as hell. Like, obviously it's 2021, and he's okay, but you see it now, and even seeing it then, it's like, ooh, damn. But Sting pins Knobs, only for Missy Hyatt to jump in and jump on him, drawing the DQ. I feel like they tried really super hard just for two and a half stars. Uh, Uncle Dave said he, quote, didn't think the match was that bad, although he does acknowledge that he's in the minority. He gives it two and a half, as did I, let's say you. I gave it two, and I, like I said, it just went way too long, and I got really bored. And the thing is, I think they went home early because Jerry Sags was legitimately injured after this, and he had to go to the hospital. So that means this could have dragged on longer. I had like, 45 minutes? Yeah, who the hell booked this? It was like, oh, Nasty Boys, uh, Half of the Road Warriors, Half hour. I mean, what? What? Like, damn. And I think Jerry Jerry Sags, I think, went into the match injured, and it just aggravated it during the match. But I mean, did you, did, aggravating. Did you see the the uh, thing I was talking about? Where not? I mean, it's kind of hard to miss. Where knobs landed straight on his damn neck. I did, but honestly, when I watched old stuff back. I sometimes don't cringe because I'm like, unless I know something's coming, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I just didn't see it coming, and I was just like, holy crap! Nobs is a big boy. Like, how did he yeah, not kill I himself? Yeah, then than he ever was. Yeah. Like, how did he not kill himself right there? Like, damn. But, anyway, we're going to take our second-to-last break of the podcast. When we come back, we're getting into main event mode right after this. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, 
the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. We now go to Mean Gene Okerlin on the stage of the crowd. Pimp the WCW hotline one more time before going into this. It's Big Band Vader with Harley Race at his corner taking on Rick Flair. Uh, Vader is defending the WCW and World Flair's potential last match. Oh, well, of course. Uh, well, it's you gotta, you gotta say it. That's part yeah. of the whole thing. Well, yeah, it's a stipulation here. It's uh, Vader's WCW World Heavyweight Title versus Ric Flair's career in a match that went around 21 minutes. Yes, the main event, Ric Flair versus Vader, went shorter than the Nasty Boys match. Yep. Keep that in mind. Also, uh, I want to point out, this is, uh, I mean, to this day, Flair's only lost one uh, retirement match, and he still came out of retirement. Yeah, right. Leave the memories alone, Rick. Uh, but think about the fact that ten years earlier, Ric Flair was winning his first world title from Harley Race at this very event. Nuts to think about. But now he's facing Harley Race's client for the world title. So, man, how things change. I don't know about you, I feel like they could have milked the entrances just a little bit more. I feel like they just kind of, like, walked out, had some pyros, like, yeah, that's it, whatever. Hit the, you know, mm-hmm. hit the bell. Uh, Flair starts crying. I, I feel like no one was excited to be there. Yeah, I know. And I get, like, Ric Flair was a little... Blah. Yeah. And I know Flair was excited about this, but at the same time, he had to feel a little, like, I don't know, hurt, or like, you know, an afterthought, whatever, because... This was not supposed to be him. Like I pointed out earlier, it was Sid. But when they fired Sid, it was like, oh, crap, what do we do? Uh, break glass in case of emergency, pull out Ric Flair. He was always <laughs> he was always the plan B, man. It just, I don't know. Sounds kind of funny thinking about Ric Flair's plan B. Yep. I know. They always treated him as just like, well, if it doesn't work out with this guy, we'll go back to Flair. Like, why is he an afterthought? But anyway, uh, Flair starts crying during his introduction. So, like, Flair cries when there's a stiff breeze, okay? But, oh, you know, there's a stiff breeze, I get something else. Oh, let's move on. Ah, good lord. Uh, Vader dominates Flair for a few minutes before Flair fights back. However, his flurry is stopped by Harley Race beating him up behind the referee's back. 
Flair comes off the second rope, or excuse me, Vader comes off the second rope with a clothesline and catches Flair right in the mouth, making him bleed. Flair's clearly pissed because he yells, You fuck! He grabs his mouth. Did you catch that? I did, but I couldn't tell if he was just being Flair or not. Yeah, I, I, I was like, he might be, but then it's like, then you see the blood, and he's like, holding his mouth, and then you can see after the match, it's like, ooh. But we'll get into that. Uh, later in the match, later in the match, Flair clearly gets some receipts, we bust Vader up, when Flair finally locks in the figure four, Race gets on the apron and throws a fit, leading to Vader eventual, eventual comeback. Uh, Vader goes for a moonsault and misses, Flair covers him, uh, Race goes up top, Flair moves, and Harley hits the diving headbutt on Vader. The ref finally shoves Harley Race out of the ring after some fighting, and Flair trips Vader's back, like, kind of awkward, I don't know, he like, he's, like, on all fours, he trips Vader's leg, and then he like, jackknife covers him, and he pins him for the win! Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars, I gave it an Holy even- crap. I gave it an even four. I really did love this match, and the story behind it added to it, I thought. What did you give it? I gave it three. It was good, but... Wow. Eh. I really love this match. It was a classic match. Uh, I thought these two worked well together. It was cool to see Flair actually, like... I mean, he's doing his Flair stuff, but at the same time, he's, you can tell he's, like, really giving it to Vader at certain times, and... You don't normally see that from Rick, so it was cool to see that side of him. Oh, his, yeah. Well, on that note, in his book, Rick Flair said that Vader was punching him for real, and when they were on the floor, Vader leaned in and said, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you if you don't fight back. So, <laughs> so Flair gave it back to him. In Harley Race's book, Harley said, quote, Leon was being an asshole. He hit Flair with potatoes the whole time. There was no need for it at all. Then Flair wailed back at him. Both of Leon's eyes were swollen, and then he started to loosen up after that. End quote. Yikes. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. I, uh, when, I, I would have ran. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, man. Uh, Flair ain't backing down from a fight, so good for him. But when Flair wins... The they drop gold glitter from the ceiling as Flair poses with with the world title around its waist for like just a minute. He wastes no time though, and he gets the hell out of there while Pyro is going off on the stage. I'm like, damn, you're not you're barely even soaking it in. He's just like, all right, bye guys, thanks for coming. It's cool, bye. Yeah, see ya. Uh, I'll see you when I'm. I'll see you later when I come for Rick Rude's title. (laughs) I want the international title. I just like saying. Uh, speaking of that, by the way, Uncle David said, he's like, they need to just skip the, uh, unification match and just, like, get rid of that damn title. F it. Oh. They actually didn't get rid of that title. They got rid of the one that Flair's holding, so. I find that funny. Because that was the devastating title. Right. And the big. They just decided, oh, we're going to use this one instead. I mean, I like the decision. It's just weird. Well, and the big gold was actually what replaced the dome gold, or domed globe title, uh, that people know as the NWA title now. Uh, the oh, big gold replaced that. ridiculous names for these titles. I, I know. Uh, but. The big eagle. The big eagle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was the actual NWA title. 
and then it became the WCW title, and then it became the World Heavyweight title in WWE, so it's... Ah, that belt's been passed around, man. Championship. God dang it, pal. Doesn't hold up your pants. Kind of funny, by the way, that last night on Raw, Vince McMahon clearly said title match twice. <laughs> oh, instead of title opportunity? Yep. God dang it, it's a uh, title opportunity, pal. You will say it. I can say whatever the hell I want. I'll say a shot at the belt. You have to say title opportunity. Yeah, man. Um, we now cut the footage backstage where Eric Bischoff is standing by with Vader and Harley Race in a locker room that looks like it's being fumigated because plastic is all over the walls and the lockers. I, to this that's, day, you I when, that's what you do when the uh, and, uh, basketball or a uh, hockey team wins the title. I didn't get yeah. this. Yeah, I'm like, what was the point of this? I I don't get it. And they were in Charlotte, so nobody's wearing, uh, nobody's winning crap there, okay, in terms of national titles. Holy crap. I'm sorry. I well, no, I the Hornets weren't good, so. Maybe, no, they had Larry Johnson. They were decent. Maybe the Tar Heels? I don't know. Was that when, was that when Michael Jordan was on the Tar Heels? Or was he Hell, in the end no. of, was he in the NBA at this, at this point? I think he might have been his first retirement at this point. Holy hell. Yeah. Uh, okay. hell well. All right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Tar Heels were generally good, so that's, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Vader and Harley Race are in the locker room, and uh, Vader's throwing chairs, and he's punching lockers, and he says he wants his title back. Uh, Ric Flair now comes back out to the arena to wave to the audience and blow them kisses. His tooth clearly got chipped by Vader's clothesline to the mouth, by the way. It, like, whenever he opens his mouth, it's like, ooh, you need some dental work done. And not the normal dental work that Ric Flair needs done. This was different. Right? <laughs> I just had to point that out. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a dick for saying that, but whatever. You are, but whatever. Yeah, well. Uh, we now go back to Mean Gene Okerlund in another locker room that looks like it's being fumigated, along with Ric Flair's wife, Beth, Two sons, then two daughters. Hey, there's uh, the future Mrs. Conrad Thompson. Full side. And the future Andrade El Idolo. Or Ms. Mrs. Andrade El Idolo. Maybe, someday, I don't know. But Rick then walks in to the frame and says that Vader took it to him, and he's a great wrestler. Flair then gets overwhelmed and walks off frame crying. I, I know, I was shocked too. Uh... Beth Flair then gets led along to some answers by Mean Gene. She really has nothing to say here. Uh, before Sting walks in the frame, he congratulates Flair, saying that he's the greatest world champion of all time. Ricky Steamboat now walks in as Sting walks away, and Steamboat says that it's an honor to be in the presence of the 11-time world champion. Is it just me, or does Ricky Steamboat, whenever he cuts a promo or talks to the camera, he sounds like he's like giving a political speech? He looks like, like he's reading off like a card. He does, yeah. He's like he's like reading off the teleprompter. It is an honor to be standing on this very stage with the 11-time world champion, Ric Flair. Shake hands. Oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to read that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, not smiling, not approvingly. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Damn it, I'm reading the, the quiet part out loud. Uh, me and Gene now kisses Ric Flair's ass a little bit more before we close the show, and there we have it. All right, we're going to take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's to come the rest of the month here on the podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at 6 and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie Vets. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database rated this 6.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.57 out of 10. I gave it a C, or a, excuse me, a 7 out of 10. Or C, C minus. What do you give it? I gave it a C plus. I was going to go C minus, but I'm like, eh, it was decent enough with all the changes. Bumped it up a little bit. There wasn't, uh, I don't know. There. There wasn't a lot on the card that I was, like, jumping out of my seat for. I mean, that main event, I really liked it. It just... I don't know. I'll say this. When I see stuff like this, it's hard to argue with Bischoff when he calls Halloween Havoc his temple event. Yeah. I mean, I realized this was supposed to be it. It just... I don't know. Fell a little... Like, most of the stuff fell a little flatter than a plate full of paste. Good lord. Uh, and, I mean, they built this... I felt that the build-up to this was really good. I love the story surrounding it. Uh, you know, obviously, like you pointed out, it wasn't supposed to be Rick, but they made the best of it. And, obviously, like, Rick versus Vader was a million times better than what we would have got out of Sid versus Vader. So, there's that. I don't know. It's... I was expecting more going into this, but really... It's basically a one-match show. Everything on the undercard didn't completely suck, but it wasn't great you. But all right, that uh, that wraps it up for uh, this episode, man. We've got some exciting stuff still to come. we got another Starcade this month that we're going to cover at the end of the month. But uh, first, next week, on December 8th, we're coming at you with WWE Vengeance 2001 for the 20-year anniversary of the show. This is oh, where San Diego. Sorry. Wow. Oh, as uh, not to you know, spoil a question I was going to ask you next week, but uh, you didn't make the trek for this one, did you? No. Okay, I didn't figure you did, but figured I'd ask. Uh, 
But yeah, it's been two decades. Figured we'd cover it. It was the biggest moment of Chris Jericho's entire career. Where, you know, again, we have to point this out because, you know, you said, you said before that you're upset that hockey doesn't get enough recognition. Well, I'm upset that this moment doesn't get enough recognition. Not enough people know. And, and Chris Jericho doesn't mention enough that he beat Stone Cold and The Rock in the same night. For the undisputed title, okay? Shut the hell up. It has to be said. Ah, anyway. He said it on AEW TV. I can't think about it. Uh, I can't remember, but I, I think he said something about him winning the AEW title was bigger than him beating Stone Cold and The Rock in the same night or something like that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why? It's like, uh, look, I love Hangman Page, but no. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, then, the next week, December 15th, we're coming at you with one of the most recent shows we have ever covered. It's a five years old from, uh, 2016. It's WWE TLC 2016 for its five year anniversary. It's main evented by Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. Speaking of AEW, it's uh, John Moxley in the event of this one. Honestly, I don't remember this event very well, so I may just go back and watch it. I'm sure it was. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be covering that. And, uh, yeah, we've got some other exciting stuff coming up on the podcast here this month, and I'm very much looking forward to it. We don't have a stinker all month, so there's that. Not that I'm biased or anything, but... All right, man. I, I don't think you're biased. Absolutely not. Alright, man, I think that does it for this episode. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Of course. And we will see you all next week with Vengeance 2001. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.